Chapter Twelve of Three People by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: The Stepping Stone. Thus it was that Mister Stevens, sitting in his private room, running over long rows of figures, was startled somewhat near midnight by a quick ring of the doorbell. His household were quiet for the night, so he went himself to answer the ring and encountered toad who thrust a bit of paper toward him and spoke rapidly here mr stevens is your ten dollars i didn't steal it but it blew to me and i kept it till i found i couldn't and then i brought it what is this all about asked bewildered mr stevens come in my boy and tell me what is the matter and presently toad was seated in one of the great armchairs in mr stevens private room now what is it my lad that has brought you to me at this hour of the night questioned that gentleman why here's your money said toad spreading out the ten dollar bill on the table before them you dropped it you see in the bookstore and i picked it up it blew to me i didn't steal it leastways i didn't think i did but i don't know but it's just about as bad at any rate i've brought it back and there tis why said mr stevens is it possible that i dropped a bill and he drew forth his pocket-book for examination yes that's a fact really i deserve to lose it for my carelessness and so you decided to bring it back well i'm glad of that but how came you to do it oh said toad i couldn't sleep the eyes of the lord you know were looking at me and i tumbled about and thought maybe it wasn't right and pretty soon i knew it wasn't and then i asked the lord jesus to forgive me and i didn't feel much better and then i got up and thought i'd burn the mean thing up in the candle and then i thought i mustn't cause it wasn't mine and by that time i hated it and didn't want it to be mine and then after a while i thought i ought to bring it to you but i didn't want to but i thought i ought to and there tis mr stevens watched the glowing face of his visitor during this recital and said nothing after he finished said nothing only suddenly at last where do you live my boy i live at one of the hotels no i don't i don't live nowhere i did till tonight and tonight i sleep there and after that i don't belong nowhere have you been employed in a hotel yes sir why do you leave cause i can't be putting bottles to my neighbors any longer you know what habakkuk says about that i suppose toad was ignorant you see he made the strange mistake of supposing that every educated man was familiar with the bible again mr stevens said nothing presently with a little tremble to his voice he asked another question have you given yourself to the lord jesus my boy yes sir toad answered simply that is good do you know i think you have pleased him to-night you have done what you could to right the wrong and done it for his sake and now toad's eye shone with pleasure after a moment's silence he asked what are you going to do with me sir do with you i am going to be much obliged to you for returning my property yes but i didn't do it straight off and at first i meant to keep it which was bad decidedly and i don't think you will do that again can you write yes sir 
toad answered him proudly you may write your name on that card for me toad obeyed with alacrity and wrote in capitals because he had a dim notion that capitals belonged especially to names t o d e m a l l what are you going to do for a living after this further questioned mr stevens thoughtfully fingering the ten dollar bill going to keep a hotel of my own oh you are in what part of the town don't know down by the depot somewhere i reckon mr stevens folded the ten dollar bill and put it in his pocket toad rose to go now my friend said mr stevens shall you and i kneel down and thank the lord jesus for the care which he has had over you to-night and for the help which he has given you yes sir answered toad promptly not having the remotest idea what kneeling down meant but he followed mr stevens's movement and was commended to god in such a simple earnest prayer that he had never heard before he went out from the house in a sober though happy mood he felt older and wiser than he did when he entered he had heard a prayer offered for him and he had been told that the lord jesus was pleased with his attempt to do right instead of going home he went around by the depot and bestowed searching glances on each building as he passed by directly opposite the depot buildings there were two rum shops and an oyster saloon this spot would do said toad thoughtfully halting in front of the illest looking of the rum shops if i can set up right here now why i'll do it a very dismal very forbidding spot it seemed to be and why any person should deliberately select it as a place for commencing business was a mystery but toad had his own ideas on the subject and seemed satisfied he looked about him the night was dark save for street lamps and there were none reflecting just where he stood there was a revel going on down in the rum cellar but he was out of the range of their lights elsewhere it was quiet enough it was quite midnight now and that end of the city was in comparative silence what did toad mean to do next and why was he peering about so stealthily to see if any human eye was on him surely with so recent a lesson fresh in his mind had he not already forgotten the all-seeing eye was he going to offend it again he waited until quite certain that no one was observing him then he went around to the side of an old barrel and kneeled down and clasped his hands together as mr stevens had done and he said oh lord jesus if i come down here to live i'll try to do right all around here every time then he rose up and went home to his room and his bed he had been down in the midnight and selected the spot for his next efforts and consecrated it to the lord another thing he had found out how people did when they talked with god after that toad always knelt down to pray it was not yet eight o'clock when toad his breakfast eaten his bundle packed himself ready to migrate sat down once more on the edge of that bed and began to calculate the state of his finances he had been at work in the hotel for his board and clothing but then there had been many errands on which he had run for those who had given him a dime or now and then a quarter 
and his expenditures had been small so now as he counted the miscellaneous heap he discovered himself to be the honest owner of six dollars and seventy-eight cents that ain't so bad to start on he told himself complacently a fellow who can't begin business on that capital ain't much of a fellow i wonder now if ever i'll take a peek at this little room of mine again tain't a bad room i'll have one of my own just like it one of these days i'll have a square patch of carpet just that size red and green and yellow like that and i'll have a patchwork quilt like this one who'll make it for me though ho oh, i'll find somebody i wonder who'll sleep in this bed of mine after this jim won't cause jim sleeps with his brother i reckon it's fun to have a brother maybe there'll be some fellow here that i can come and see now and then well come toad you and i must go we must there's business to be done so the boy rose up put his money away carefully slung his bundle over his shoulder took a last long loving look at the familiar surroundings coughed once or twice choked a little rubbed his eyes with the sleeve of his jacket and went out from his only home on the stairs he encountered jim jim said he i'm going now if you only wouldn't you know wouldn't what give your neighbor drink pooh said jim you're a goose better come back and be decent good-bye was toad's answer as he vanished around the corner he went directly to the spot opposite the depot which he had selected the night before and descended at once to the cellar want to rent that stone out down there between your building and the alley he questioned of the ill-looking man who seemed to be in attendance um well no i reckon not guess you'd have a time of getting it away don't want to get it away it's in just the right spot for me what for the land's sake do you mean to do i mean to set up business right out there on that stone this idea caused a general laugh among the loungers in the cellar but toad stood gravely awaiting a decision what wares might you be going to keep youngster at last queried one of the red-nosed customers cakes and coffee oh ho exclaimed the proprietor eyeing him keenly and whiskey too i wouldn't be afraid to bet not a bit of it you keep enough of that stuff for you and me too and where might you be going to make your coffee i ain't going to make it until i get a place to put it was toad's brief reply do you want to rent that stone or not that's the question and the quicker you tell me the quicker i'll know well how much will you pay for it just as little as i can get it for this caused another laugh from the listeners you're a cute one complimented the owner well now seeing it's you you can have it on trial for two dollars a week i reckon i reckon it will be after this when i do said toad turning on his heel hold up what's the matter don't the terms suit why that's very reasonable all right then rent it to the first chap who'll take it for two dollars but i ain't acquainted with him how much will you give then how much will you take well now i like to help the young so i'll take a dollar a week 
not from me said toad promptly do hear the fellow as generous as i've been to him too well come now it's your turn to make an offer i'll give you fifty cents a week and pay you every saturday night at seven o'clock it's a bargain exclaimed the man striking his hand down on the counter till the dirty glasses jingled there was a farther attempt to discover the intention of the new firm but toad made his escape the moment the bargain was concluded and went off vigorously to work to get the old barrel out of his premises then he departed and presently made his appearance again with the old dry goods box which he brought on a wheelbarrow and deposited squarely on the stone off again and back with boards hammer and nails and then ensued a vigorous pounding which when it was finished was productive of three neat-fitting shelves inside the dry-goods box. "'Jolly!' he said, eyeing his work triumphantly, and his fingers ruefully. "'I'm glad I own a hotel instead of a carpenter's shop. I wonder now which I did pound the oftenest, them nails or my thumb. Ain't my shelves some, though? So much got along with. Now for my next move.' I wonder where the old lady lives what's going to lend her stove for my coffee. Must be somewhere along here, because I couldn't go far away from my place of business after it, especially if all my waiters should happen to be out when the rush comes. I may as well start off and hunt her up. Just next to the oyster saloon was a little old yellow house. Thither Toad bent his steps and knocked boldly at the door. No reply not at home he said shaking his head as he peeped in at the curtainless window no use of talking about you then you won't do cause you see my old lady must be at home i can't be having her run off just at the busiest time there were two doors very near together and our young adventurer tried the next one it was quickly opened and a very slatternly young woman appeared to him with a baby in her arms and three almost babies hanging to various portions of her dress does mr smith live here queried toad the woman shook her head and slammed the door that's lucky now soliloquized toad because he does live most everywhere and i don't want to see him just about now fact is it would never do to have them nine babies tumbling into my coffee and getting scalded he trudged back to a little weather-worn tumble-down building on the other side of his new enterprise and knocked such a dear little old fat woman in a bright calico dress with a wide white frill to her cap answered his knock he chuckled inwardly and said at once i guess you're the woman what's going to let me boil my coffee on your stove and warm a pie now and then ain't you whatever is the lad talking about asked the bewildered old lady why said toad conscious that he made a very unbusinesslike opening and he began at the beginning and told her his story well now i never said the woman sinking into a chair no i never did in all my life and so you left that there place because you wasn't going to give bottles to your neighbors no longer and now you're going into business for yourself well well the land knows i wish there wa'n't no bottles to put to em and then they wouldn't be put you know 
and if there's anything i do pray for with all my might and main next to praying that my two boys would let the bottles alone which i'm afraid they don't and more's the pity it's that the bottles will all get clean smashed up one of these days in his own good time you know toad turned upon her an eager questioning look who do you pray to he asked abruptly why bless the boy i ain't a heathen you know to bow down to wood and stone the work of men's hands and them things as it were i pray to the dear lord that made me and died for me too and for the matter of that lives for me all the time a bright color glowed in toad's cheek and a bright fire sparkled in his eye i know him he said briefly and earnestly now do you though said the little old lady as eager and earnest as himself and do you pray to him toad gravely bowed his head then i'll let you have my stove and coffee-pot and my oven and welcome and i'll look after the coffee and the pies now and then myself i'll give you a lift as sure as i have a coffee-pot to lend like enough you're one of the lord's own and have been sent right straight here for me to give a cup of cold water to you know or to look after your coffee for you and it's all the same you know so you do it in the name of a disciple will toad ever forget the feeling of solemn joy with which he finally turned away from the dear little old lady's door he had really talked with one of those who knew the lord and he was to see her every day two or three times a day and perhaps she knew things that he did not about habakkuk like enough she knew about that bottle business as well as i did he said gleefully as he flew back to his dry goods box such delightful arrangements as he made with her too elegant cakes she was to make him better than any that could be bought at the baker's he was sure though he had called there on his way for the dry goods box and made what he considered a very fine bargain with him altogether it was a very busy day he had never flown around more industriously at the hotel than he did on this first day of business for himself he dined on crackers and cheese and missed as little as he could help the grand dinner which would have been sure to fall to his share at his old quarters and which he hardly understood that he had given up for conscience's sake there now he said with a final chuckle of satisfaction just as the twilight was beginning to fall i'm fixed all snug and fine by tomorrow morning bright and early i'll be ready for business then suddenly he dived his hands into his pockets and gave a low long perplexed whistle then gave vent to his new idea in words where in the name of all that's funny and ridiculous be i going to spend the time tween this and to-morrow morning just as true as you're alive and hearty toad mall i never once thought of that idea until this blessed minute did you whatever is to be did i've slept to be sure in lots of places on the steps and in barrels and i ain't no ways discomflusticated but then you see after a fellow has slept on a bed for a spell why he has a kind of a hankering after a bed to sleep on some more hold on though why don't i board that's the way men do when they go into business toad you're green very green i'm afraid not to think of that before 
course I'll board. I'll go straight down to the old lady and order rooms. But the old lady shook her head and looked troubled. You see, said she, I ain't got one bed for spare, and I've got a boy. I've got two of em, but they don't sleep at home, only my youngest. He comes a-visiting sometimes, and if he should come and find a stranger sleeping in his bed, why, he'd feel kind of homesick, I'm afraid, and I want Jim to feel that this is the best home that ever was, I do. Toad bestowed a very searching look on the earnest little old woman in answer to this, and then spoke rapidly. I shouldn't wonder one bit if you was our Jim's mother down at the Euclid house. That's where I lived, and that's where he lives, only he don't sleep there. He sleeps with his brother Rick down at the livery stable. Now ain't they your two boys? They are so, the old lady answered, speaking as eagerly as he had done. And so you know them. Well, now, don't things work around queer? Then she shut the door and locked it, and came over to Toad so close that her cap frills almost touched his curly head before she whispered the next sentence. Now, I know you will tell me just the truth. Do them two boys of mine touch the bottles for themselves? How gently and pitifully Toad answered the poor mother. I guess they do, a little. All the fellows do except just me. They don't think it's any harm. I knew it, I knew it, she said pitifully. Their father would, and they will. Then after a moment she rallied. But I don't give up hope for em, not a bit, and I ain't going to so long as I can pray for em. Now I'll tell you what we'll do. The Lord has sent you to help me, I do guess. I asked him if I couldn't have somebody just to give me a lift with them. You'll have Jim's room, and when he comes you'll be just nice and comfortable together, seeing you know each other. Rick, he never comes home for all night, cause he can't get away. And then you'll help me keep an eye on Jim, and say a word to him now and then when you can, and pray for him every single day. Will you now? So when the night closed in, Toad's bundle was unpacked, and his clothes hung on Jim's nails, and once again he had a home. End of chapter 12